Good morning. It's always wonderful to be here. And I'm always blessed to, to be asked to, to share something with you. Would you please join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your holy word. We ask, Lord, that this morning you would bind us to your word and to our Savior, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, years ago, I was at a church as a special guest, and my son Andrew was five years old at the time. And a lot of times when I would go and visit other churches, he would come and he would sit on the front row, and uh, if I would go on a little too long, then eventually he would wander up on the platform and <laughs> stand beside me. Uh, one particular morning... I had just finished up a song getting ready to address the congregation. And he had come up and sat on a piano, ban piano bench behind me. And the microphone was on there. And he had something on his heart that he felt like he just needed to share with the congregation. And this five-year-old boy said, you know, I was talking with God the other day, he said. And God told me, you can't drown in heaven. And that's all he had to say about it. And I, I thanked him for, for that, that bit of wisdom. And after the service, an elderly lady approached him. She took him by the hands and looked him in the eye and said, young man, those words that you shared about heaven this morning has set me free. She said... I have all my life lived with a tremendous fear of drowning. And she said, but the words you shared this morning has broken that and you have set me free from that. Thank you so much. Heaven, as my mother says, it's, it's the biggest event that ever takes place in our life. Pastor Andy has started this series on heaven and he asked me to share with you about the resurrected body. What will our bodies be like in the new heaven and the new earth? Revelation 21, verse 1, says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and He will dwell with them. He will wipe away Every tear from their eyes, there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Our first slide this morning is from verse 5 that says, He who was seated on the throne said, I am making all things new. Isn't it interesting that our Bible... It begins with paradise and it ends with paradise. It starts with God creating paradise and creating man and woman. And it ends with the place, paradise, where man and woman will live for eternity. The resurrected body... I'm going to do my best to stay on track. Sometimes I have a habit of veering off. But I would like to share 
just something that, that, that Jesus said. Jesus said, the kingdom of God, some translations say the kingdom of heaven, is near. It is here. He also said the kingdom of heaven is within you. What do you think he was saying in that? Do you think that, that it's, it's God's desire that we experience our life on earth here as a struggle, as a drudge? Or do you think that it's his desire that we experience heaven on earth? That we should do what we can to bring heaven on earth for other individuals. The kingdom of God is near. It's just something to think about. Uh, getting back on track here. What will our bodies be like? The next note for us is just as we read from 1 Corinthians. Uh, well, no, wait. I'm jumping ahead. Scriptures indicate that the righteous, those who believe on Jesus Christ, will one day return to the Garden of Eden. Solomon said in chapter 1, verse 9, that what has been will be again. The sages have said that the end is in wedged in the beginning, just as we see that the Bible starts and ends with paradise. So our second slide and notes comes from Revelation chapter 2, verse 7. God says, I will give to them the right to eat from the tree of life. And where is the tree of life? It is in paradise. So Revelation, the book which is all about the future, it takes us back to Eden. The place that the Lord created for us has been preserved for the day that we can enter without sin. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 has something to say about the resurrected body. On our next slide, we can read from 1 Corinthians 15, starting with verse 35. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps a, a seed of wheat or something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined. And so it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown perishable is raised imperishable. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. When the perishable becomes imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. The chapter goes on to say, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He has given us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The next note for us is just as we read from 1 Corinthians. We will be given imperishable, immortal bodies, new bodies. Bodies that will never age or be subject to pain or death. Through the book of Revelation, we get an idea of what the people in heaven are like. They are physical. They are walking 
They are talking. They are, they are bowing. They are wearing crowns. Some lift up palm branches and they sing. They have physical bodies and they are doing physical acts. But the strongest basis that we have regarding what our resurrected body will be like comes from what we read about our Savior, Jesus. Jesus walked the earth in his resurrection body for 40 days, showing us how we would live in the resurrection. He appeared to various people, and they saw him as a normal human being. They did not see him as a floating spirit or as a ghost. In John 21, verse 4, we read that after the resurrection, Jesus stood on the shore and called to the disciples that were off in a boat. He had started a fire. He cooked fish, and he invited them to come and have breakfast. All of this he did in his resurrected body. Just as Jesus rose from the dead into a new ageless body, so we too will one day have new bodies through Christ. Our resurrected body will be like his. In the New Testament and throughout the New Testament, Jesus shows us how to live and be on earth. And then, after the resurrection, he shows us how we will live and be in heaven. He is the first fruits from the dead. He is the prototype that shows what our resurrected body will be like. And we know from Scripture what Jesus was able to do in resurrected form. He walked, he talked, he ate, he drank. People could actually touch him. He was flesh and bone. We know that he had a, a physical form from the books of John and Luke. John chapter 20, verse 19, we read where Jesus met with the apostles when they were locked in a room. He said, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. We find in Luke 24, verse 39, Jesus says, look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Aside from our Messiah, Moses and Elijah appeared physically with Christ at the transfiguration. Our final note comes from Philippians 3.20.21. The Lord Jesus Christ will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. So from these scriptures, we can be assured that in the new heaven and the new earth, we will have physical bodies but they will be bodies without pain, no more sickness, illness, disease, or infirmity. And what a glory that will be. I would like to close this message with a parable that is ages old. It gives us a, a biblical view of life after death or perhaps of life itself. Since it is a parable, there are a lot of different layers to it, so I would, would ask you that, that after listening to it today, that, that perhaps uh, 
when you have an opportunity, go onto the Facebook page and listen to it again. Twin brothers, fetuses in their mother's womb, were enjoying a carefree life. Their world was dark, warm, and protected. These twins were alike in all aspects, except one. One brother was a believer, which meant that this brother actually believed in an afterlife. He believed that there was a future reality that was much different than their current miniature universe. That although it was good, something better, something completely different awaits them. The second brother, however, was a skeptic. All he knew was what he knew, and he refused to know any more. All he knew was their familiar world that was the womb, and anything besides what he could feel and sense, it was of no use to him. Anything else was but an illusion. Now, the skeptic, of course, tried to talk some sense into his brother. He warned him to be realistic, but to no avail. His naive brother insisted on believing in an extraordinary world that exists after life in the womb. A world so immense and fantastic that it could transcend their wildest dreams. Well, months passed, and the moment arrives. Labor began. The fetuses became aware of the tremendous contractions and the shifting in their little world. The free thinker recognized, this is it. His short but pleasant life in the womb was about to end and be completely over. He felt the forces pressuring him to go down, but he fought against it with every fiber of his being. He just knew that outside of that womb, there could be nothing but a cruel death, no protective sac, no umbilical cord. And suddenly he realized that his naive brother was giving in to the forces around him. His brother was willingly sinking lower. Don't give up, he cried, but the twin took no heed. Where are you, my dear brother? He shuddered. His brother disappeared, and he heard noise, crying, screams from outside the womb. Poor brother had met his cruel fate. How naive that believer had been with his foolish belief in a bigger, better world. But then the skeptic felt the pressure of pushing him out against his will into the abyss. And then he heard the scream, Congratulations! Two healthy baby boys, and he heard cheers and cries. In other words, we all end up in the same place, but the journey can be quite different based upon our faith and our outlook. So the only major question to ask at this point is, do you know with all certainty that you will go to heaven when you pass from this life. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your own 
personal Savior. If you have not, I know very well that there are several elders here and myself who would be willing to pray with you. The Bible is very clear that says, those that believe in Jesus Christ will be saved. Isn't that good? Would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, King of the universe, we thank you for the promise of heaven and eternal life for those who call Jesus Lord. Help us to live in a way that brings heaven to those around us. And as we do, we look forward to all that you have in store for us, not just in the next life, but in this life as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.